This is the Comedy Kiosk, podcast by Monday and Munoz. Please welcome Monday and Munoz. Welcome to the Comedy Kiosk, a podcast in which we discuss news, opinions and ideas about comedy. I'm David Munoz. And I'm Igor Monday. And today we are going to discuss Internet Killed the Comedy Star. Internet Killed the Comedy Star. Da, 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 da. And copyright infringement. Let's stop there. Okay, so, yeah, because uh, reading an interesting article, which we're going to, I think we eventually will pick and take little bites out of, because it had some very interesting ideas or interesting topic thingies. But the main one was that the internet, in particular social media, is kind of destroying comedy. Or at least influencing it to a degree. So let's talk on the broader internet sort of thing. Igor, what is your opinion about internet killing comedy stars? Uh, yeah, so according to this article, and you sent it to me a while back, and I had a had time to actually read through it, and we will actually link it uh, under this episode as well, so you can kind of refer to it and see what exactly uh, are we talking about. It was published on Insi Inside Hook, is it the the website? I believe something something, something like that. But yeah, the, basically the, the gist of it is is social media and actually kind of comedians, this new younger age comedians. Uh, posting their bit the bits of their comedy online uh, on uh, apps and and, and uh, you know platforms like TikTok or Instagram or whatever the the real stingy is it actually killing stand up comedy in a sense that you know it gives false expectations and it uh, forces comedians to kind of constantly think about cutting their material into smaller bits and and posting yeah. that for the algorithm and so on and uh, I I'm now just thinking we should have called this episode algorithm killed the comedy stuff but uh, oh that's that's not bad actually maybe maybe we can just do it maybe we can just do it algorithm killed the radius but algorithm is such a long word it is but i mean internet in its kind of broad kind of sense probably yeah. helped comedy uh, overall you know because well, yeah. it, it lets us even kind of promote the events on on social media and you know like get this during covid yeah. it really helped us because it allowed us to do like remote shows and, and and you know shows with people from around the world and stuff but if we're talking about specifically uh, the thing about social media is that the algorithm forces you to constantly like cut and post small bits of your material uh, which then means comedians are then forced to write and, and mm -hmm. come up with such small kind of bites of, of their material and they post more and more crowd work which gives false expectations of what to expect on an actual show like some longer stories and 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 you know yeah. so i would say mm, i'm not sure it killed the comedy the stand and, and we're talking about stand-up comedy here when we say comedy definitely yeah. uh, you know uh, tiktok didn't kill the, the movie industry like marvel or whatever yeah. or or you know like a mm, theatrical comedy yeah. or something yeah. i mean i'm not sure it's helping but it's probably not doing so much harm as it is with stand-up but yeah. i would say that it's definitely changing it uh, I'm not yes. sure it's killing it. I mean, it's definitely changing it. So it might be one of those things, either you adapt quickly or you perish. And in that sense, it might be that it's kind of killing it, killing those who aren't ready to change maybe and, and go mm. with it, go with the flow. Now, is that like an organic evolution of, you know, comedy in the 21st century? Or is that mm. the gimmick that is now being more harmful than useful? This is something mm -hmm. that uh, we can discuss. What do you think? Well, when you mentioned like TikTok before, actually, it did remind me the fact that during COVID, um, the, the lockdown, I, I, that's the first time I popped on TikTok. 
I downloaded it because bored, bored witless, you know. So I just started like flipping through and that's where I saw like a lot of like teenagers acting out comedy bits, like playing out bits from other stand And that's how in a way I, I discovered John Mulaney. Right. I, I didn't know him beforehand. And then I heard a lot of these bits being used because he's got a distinctive voice. He was playing the part of a child. So these kids were like just imitating him and like like a kind of doing a, a visual representation of what he was saying or lip syncing his bits, but in character. So and it was, you know, it was funny. It was fun. And, and it kind of gave another dimension. So I was like, yeah, it's cool. But as you're saying, like this article, what it was, the main crux of the matter was that because of that algorithm, you know, we're, we're trying to, to get seen, um, you have to play by the device's rules, which is short, punchy little videos, right? So you can't look, for example, if, if anyone has ever, <laughs> ever uh, seen my, my YouTube channel, which is a big shake of the head no from Igor and, and anyone else probably listening. But the point is, is like, I mean, I haven't posted to it in so long. And, and this is kind of it. Like the, the, the algorithm says that you have to make short, punchy bits and you have to post regularly, at least once a week, minimum. If you can post every single day, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to put up, uh, and even five minutes now is like too long for TikTok standards. And, and five minutes is a full set. And they're like, no, 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 you're going to make it really short and this is where reels you know all these reels sort of thing and and or what is it yeah reels and stories and all that they expect 15 seconds so you got to have short little punchy bits and well as Igor is very well aware and any of you who have seen my YouTube no, none of you still okay never mind <laughs> the, the point is that you will see that I do not do short punchy bits I do long rambling bits like as I am doing right now and um, you know it just carries on and on and there's little bits of humor and voices and, and characterization in there but that's my style I'm a rambler you know I'm a raconteur uh, to put it more uh, what's the word pretentiously yes um, I'm a raconteur and uh, that's my style of comedy and that sucks sucks for social media it just doesn't really work like I remember once Eagle you it was you, I think it was you, or maybe it was Oleg. You were trying to to come up with, because uh, you, you were, or maybe it was Mumsy? I can't remember. Someone was like, post a picture of you with like one of your one-liners underneath the picture or something like that. So for advertising purposes. And you guys were like searching for ages for something for me. Like, we can't find shit, Dave. Like, you are not a one-liner. Like, no way. And I think eventually you came up with the part where, the one that was used, I remember, was the cats are not pets. They're just roommates that don't pay the rent. They're just housemates that don't pay the rent. And that was like the line that was used because it was like, that's the closest thing we've got to a punchline from you, Dave. And I'm like, yeah, that's it. Like, I don't have that. So when, when saying, I think it's killing a certain style of comedy as such, or not killing it, but it's definitely hobbling it. It's not showing it out there. So I think when it comes to bits, a lot of especially young comedy writers and performers, they're they're catering to that algorithm and to cater to it, it means that certain styles mm, not wanted, you know, they're not viable as such, not as, not as easily. So I think that's one way. Yeah. I, I think that's, is having an influence on it to a, to a degree, but you know, at the same time, that being said, 
another influence that has, I think, happened in the past was like, for example, New York comedy uh, versus, or American comedy versus British comedy. Similar sort of thing. Like Americans, like in New York, from what I've understood of comedy scenes there, sometimes they'll only give you three minutes on stage and you're supposed to get up there and have a laugh every 10 seconds. Like they're expecting short and punchy. And that has attributed to the very American style of having like bang, 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 machine gunning things. While the Brits are more about, you know, or the Irish in particular are famous for their storytelling joke styles, you know, uh, your Billy Connolly's uh, in Scotland as well, and and your uh, what Dara O'Brien's or whatever, you know, the, the caricatures and things, and and it's much more theatrical and storytelling. You know, I have, I have a friend who came over to the pub the other day, and you know, we just blah blah blah, and that's that's that style. But I mean, there was that niche; you could still have that style and eventually get out. Now, if no one's performing that style because it doesn't work on the algorithm, then we'll have less of it, which is unfortunate. What do you think? What, what, what I think is actually a good starting point for this is just to look at uh, us too. I mean, we are kind of, we're, I don't think we are uh, like a good example of this kind of new age comedians, right? And uh, we've been doing it for quite a while, plus uh, our age and everything, plus even our style. I mean, as you said, like your style is more long form. It's more kind of stories, long stories where you can't really take a particular one line or you can sometimes if it's like a small tag or, or whatever, but it's the yeah. story is the point, right? And then the more mm. story progresses, the more the funnier it gets because it keeps adding kind of uh, to that story yeah. and so on. And and my style is also, I would say, kind of storytelling. A big part of it is storytelling. I do yeah. uh, prefer uh, and I do like to do a lot of like crowd work and banter, which is something that is then kind of easier to take uh, out of a recording and cut like into a minute or whatever. But still... Mm-hmm. Um, a question to you. You mentioned you have your YouTube channel, and I know you have a YouTube channel. I was joking saying that I don't. But uh, as I know on your YouTube channel, you have, for example, your whole show that you recently did, like your whole hour. But do yeah. you post your uh, videos or clips anywhere else, like TikTok, Instagram, YouTube shorts, anything like that? No, no, I haven't started doing that. Um, but because also my YouTube channel is not, uh, it's not meant to be, it's not actually that my idea for for it wasn't to have uh, self promotion it was more a uh, it's kind of like a catalog it's kind of like a back catalog it's for me to be able to well it's for friends and family for starters who, people who are nowhere near me to be able to just you know pop in and watch something and just go oh yeah so see how i'm progressing but mainly that's the word progressing it's it's about me being able to go back and look at bits and and also you know if my computer dies and i lose my files it's okay it's on youtube you know uh, i can see old bits there i can also see how they progress i can see if i've gotten better worse or whatever i can listen to a punchline where so now like that like you said the comedy special I'm not 100% happy with it. You know, I'm, I'm okay with it. But when I watched it, I was like, oh man, I could add it there, 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 there. And that's the thing where I, it would be great to, if I could do it again, which, you know, hopefully I will at some point, at least parts of it, I'll be able to see how I introduced myself, how I brought it and then go, all right, and punch it up even better. And, you know, this is what comedians do before they, well, they should do, or, or they some do, some don't, depending on what their style is, but, or what they want to achieve. But some people do that test run or whatever i can't remember they they they, what they call it but it's where they do about you know maybe five shows or or even up to 10 shows before they go on tour at selected places and they just record themselves and they have a director there sometimes even or or, uh, a manager or whatever who sits there watches and goes right that 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 and then that's where they make it you know they make the show there and then they take it on the official tour where yeah you'll keep shaping it a bit 
but the crux of it is done like the main point of it and, and the main laughs should be there already you know it's, it's not a complete raw piece of work you know you take it on tour for Christ's sakes it's meant to be the polished thing or at least as polished as you can to that point and then just refining so anyway but the thing is yeah that's why I use that yeah, YouTube so, channel so I've never so, cut those bits so, so you're basically saying that to you like YouTube and, and uh, basically the internet at this point is just a way of uh, storing those videos it's like a database yeah. right it's not yeah. actually for promotion or exposure or mm. anything like that and for me uh, I mm. actually I tried using those uh, kind of uh, platforms for I would say self-promotion or whatever for exposure uh, actually cutting mm -hmm. and posting some videos i have a youtube uh, uh, kind of shorts uh, page i have a my uh, our, our kind of comedy instagram page i have my tiktok page as well and i have maybe five or six videos there in the past mm -hmm. year that I've posted, mm -hmm. but it's really, it's nothing. I mean, like you post a new video and TikTok, for example, it will boost it immediately. So it would uh, show it to people in your kind of geographical area as well, people <coughs> who overlap with those interests or whatever algorithm thingy. And, but so in kind of the first hour, you can get, I don't know, 500, 600, 2000 views and whatever, and that's it. Yeah. And then it stops. So only if you post like, twice a day or every day or at least every two days yeah. would it kind of yeah. build up enough uh, this exposure for people to actually see it organically because they've liked one Absolutely. they've liked the second the third one will pop yeah. up because they like the previous two and it's obviously something that yeah. they're into so it really needs consistency and stuff and for me it's not only so it means so many things like for example when i did edinburgh this year the edinburgh fringe festival it was what like 20 something days 20 two days I did, I believe, and I yep. did three shows a day. I did my solo show, I did a, a showcase show and a gong show as well. I was either hosting or once or twice I even participated and so on. And I was thinking, oh mm. my God, what an opportunity. Like I can record, mm. you know, every day I can record and I'll find a minute, like I'll find a good minute yeah. in one of these shows definitely, which means that then the next day I can get up, I can cut this minute, I can add subtitles to that. And there are even now like apps and this kind of AI, generated yeah. kind of <clears throat> platforms that that will do it for you and everything and then just post it boom like yeah. what five minutes of work and i have a video kind of every day or i can post every two three days and i have a bank of videos that i can keep posting for the next three months wow sorted exactly. amazing what actually happened was first of all <laughs> so often you come to the show and you just forget to like set up recording not forget yeah. but you know like if it's just because some comedians do it like there were comedians who were doing a showcase who show up with their uh, phone already on this kind of um, a stand or, or or what do you call it a tripod mm. like just they just come in they put the tripod they go on stage they pick up their tripod goodbye I'm going to do another show it's already a thing yeah. like they just come in they record themselves they have all of those uh, I don't even have storage for that many videos like I would have to delete all my like kind of photos from traveling and whatever from my dog and stuff you know just to have enough storage to actually record that so i would yeah. so often just come into the room and as i was producing all those three shows there's always something to deal with you know like set up the microphone something doesn't work uh, move the chairs around uh, let the people in this and that you know something with the venue that by the time the show starts and you're on stage you realize shit i didn't even put my phone to record or i didn't even press record like yeah. it's right there but i forgot to press record or something like that yeah so that was the first thing second thing was so many shows were just meh 
Like it's not really yeah. something you want to post. You could for the algorithm, but then if this is yeah. the video that reaches people and people see like, ah, oh, it's just kind of mediocre, they're not going to like press that like button, which means it's not going to show yeah. up again in their feed and, and all that kind of stuff. And in the end, and, and the third thing is I'm just kind of lazy i just don't you know <laughs> it's just not what i because i know people who are very keen on doing that some younger comedians we yeah. have a couple of younger comedians here now uh in, in my kind of club or or whatever scene uh that do it just for them kind of every day they post two videos on tiktok every day talking about stuff like yeah. hey guys you know what happened to me today i lost one of my socks in 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 my uh washing machine what happens mm. to that sock? Where is that sock? I don't know, guys. Let me know in the comments. You know, just stuff like that, <laughs> which I would I would never do. Like, it's not, you know, I, don't, I just don't have that wait, need wait, wait. to. Wait, wait, sorry. sorry to interrupt. Did he find the sock? Uh, I don't, I, that was an example and I don't follow those videos and those people, sorry. But, uh, Jesus, dude, you can't leave with that kind of example and not tell me if the sock was found or not. Now you got me hanging here, man. You got me hanging. Tell me about his sock. I need to know about the sock. Come on, man. What a cliffhanger. We'll dedicate a special <laughs> episode to that video and finding that sock. But yeah, yeah so, you know, I just don't have a need to actually express myself to like random people, unknown people on the internet about like mm. my day, about my experience about my show because there were comedians in edinburgh as well who would I, I followed them on instagram or something and they would have you know like 65 stories of one day yeah. like just oh i went to see this show i went to see that show this is my opinion of this comedian this is my opinion of the weather in edinburgh oh i'm doing this showcase i'm doing that showcase guys you can but yeah. you know i just don't do that it's just not in my kind of dna to 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 do that and that's i mean it's it's bad for me it's definitely a minus because i don't yeah. get to like play the algorithm that in, in such way but it's just if i had like a social media manager like someone who would just follow me around record all that shit for me cut it and post it that would be yeah. amazing but uh, if i have to do it myself i would rather spend 20 minutes before the show having a drink talking to the other comedians networking getting to yeah. know the people who are performing seeing where they perform maybe i can book a show there as well you know i kind of have a the old real... school method yeah yeah uh but that's not good that's me that might help me book a show but it's not going to help me fill those seats that's the problem you know mm. so um that's yeah. why i'm thinking you know uh, this is definitely my my loss that i'm not doing this uh, all these things that you know other comedians younger comedians are now doing what what is kind of the reason for you why don't you participate in this social media game what would you say well actually Hearing you describe it actually made me realize it's just we're old farts. We're, we're, we're kind of stuck in our ways and we're not evolving. Like, you know, we, you discussed at the beginning, like, you know, are we, you know, evolution, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, yeah, we're just not evolving enough. And I think age is a part of it because. Because I keep getting like these, you know, update, you know, on Facebook. Okay, the, the young people listening will maybe not be so aware of Facebook. This is before Instagram, but it was after MySpace. Okay, kids? Okay, very good. Now, to continue on though. So on Facebook, if you've been using it for long enough, all of a sudden it'll come up with these updates from like 10 years ago. Or in some cases, like 13, 15 years ago. And you see the stuff that you're posting, you think to yourself, my God, why was I posting this drivel? Because I was young, you know, I, I 
would mention and, and I would post things like, hey, so what's happening this Friday night? The salsa got cancelled. Uh, so what is everyone else doing? And then I'd have friends literally post on it and go, oh, we're doing this. Come and join us. Great. And I'd obviously go or whatever. Or, oh, my God, I've just worked six hours and I just, you know, McDonald's just doesn't taste the same unless you've worked for six hours. It's like, what the fuck was I saying? Like, seriously, like, shit, who cares? Shut up, you idiot. Like, no one cares. Um, but then I'd have friends like it or comment on the bottom. Like, oh, my God, you're so right, Dave. You know, working six hours and then having a McDonald's is just the best. You know, it's like, what? So I think part of it is that we are past that caring stage of trying to impress people or trying to say, hey, look at me, look at me. We save that for the stage. Obviously, we still do, but we save it for like the stage part. And then afterwards, we just want to have a drink with our mates and just, you know, chill and, and just, you know, maybe dissect what we just did, but not have to edit and crap so and what, when you were talking about like edinburgh and stuff and i was just thinking like you know the irish comedians as i was saying the story tales and things and and for example ed Byrne, right so ed Byrne, i i loved i saw him like you know this whole time in edinburgh the only thing he was posting was him drinking beer with friends catching up with sarah pascoe having a beer and then it'd be him and sarah having a drink and you're like yep that's it Way to go, dude. And that was it. It was him at pubs having holding a beer and just like having a nice pint before I go on stage. And it's like, yeah, cool. But he's not posting any videos. He's not doing that because I think that's our generation's idea of posting something. It's like, yes, I'm still alive. I'm having a drink. Well, Fuck off. not, not, yeah. I mean, yeah, but also he can afford not to post anything as he is on like uh -huh. BBC regularly and no one needs to. Yes. He doesn't need Instagram for exposure. People know his face from television. He's going to sell out exactly. his Edinburgh show because he's been doing yeah. Edinburgh for like 30 years and he's been on TV for 15 years. And you know, like yeah. he's kind of a panel show regular and live at the Apollo regular and whatever. He doesn't need yeah. all that he's hustle. established. So, yeah, yeah, and all of that, like that older generation, by now either you've made it or, you know, whatever, screw it. Mm. But yeah, but the younger guys, you should see. And what they do is they really play that game. They really play that algorithm. So, for example, yeah. they would be like, oh, I went to see... Uh, a show of my fellow comedian from London, like one London comedian kind of going to see a show of another. And on the way I met and tags five other people just so they repost yeah. it. And then it's kind of bigger exposure and the algorithm works or, oh, you know, shaking it for fucker. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's how you do it. Or like tag every venue. So venue might repost yeah. it. Or even if someone opens uh, the Instagram of the venue of the Instagram, they would see the tagged mm. photos of, Oh, there is a comedy show as well. And you know, it's really, I'm, I don't know if they're yeah. doing it kind of on purpose or it's just how they do it because because I'm not so good at doing that. You know, maybe it's just yeah. a normal way of, oh, this is the five people I met today. Tag, 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 you know, mm -hmm. but I just don't have a need to do. And as, as you said about like Facebook 15 years ago or something, uh, even almost 20 years ago, that we would post these little kind of thoughts and moments and stuff. It then yeah. moves to Twitter after that. And now I think this is like in Instagram stories and TikToks where people literally kind of record what just like you know someone would be like oh my god guys i was just walking through the city and i saw this pigeon with one leg oh my god a pigeon with one leg that's crazy anyway sit me up bye you know like what yeah. what but you know that's kind of but it helps them it helps their exposure i just don't want to do that mm -hmm. and and you know <laughs> i just don't feel like doing that i do think that rec like posting recording and posting your actual bits or at least crowd work or some one-liners or something that you are not it's not really going to spoil your show for 
for example, but it's going to show your style and, you know, maybe attract people to your show. I think that's kind of valuable and important. But for that, again, I just don't have the patience and I don't have what I really need is uh, like a, you know, like a roadie, like a groupie, someone to follow (laughs) me around and whatever, like with a good phone uh, or something. And whenever (laughs) I have a show and I worry about either producing or performing or, you know, something, something that this person. I don't think you know what a groupie is, actually. I just realized I, I think I think you're misunderstanding what a groupie does and you're not using the groupie correctly. All right. You're not using that groupie the way it's meant to be used, the way that she would like to be used. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe not. Consent, always important. But still, I don't think you understand what a groupie's for. They're not usually just following you around, taking videos and photos of you, unless it's for legal purposes later because they want to see the shit out of you or something, maybe. I don't know. But, you know, get you into trouble. But no, yeah. That's a PR person or marketing. That's PR. That's marketing. That's, uh, that's a different thing. Okay? okay. Okay. I would like to have a dedicated per- social media manager or whatever, a dedicated person <laughs> who would like go around, travel with me, come to my shows and do that for me, like to, to record. Yeah. Social to media talk, groupie. Like, let's call it that. Yeah, let's call it that. That's also, I, I think your definition of a groupie is very much like 1972 Rolling Stones, <laughs> less than <laughs> yes. kind of what I had in mind. But yeah. Aerosmith, Rolling Stones, groupies, Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I'm old school. Like we said, we're, we're old school. So um, no, that's absolutely right. Now, now the other point, especially from this article was like, one is playing the algorithm game, right? Now, the main part, the other big part, and the the reason why they're saying it's killing comedy is what we're posting, okay? How do we post? So we touched on it before, like short little one-liners, but a lot of times, and you said this before, like you had the intention of recording your bits and then taking one minute. And you mentioned crowd work. Now that's a big thing because they're saying they're incredibly popular, those videos. Most people when they're watching stand-up are actually just watching crowd work because they want to see the zingers that the comedians come out with. They want to see the, you know, putting down that abusive heckler or that smart ass in the crowd. And they want to see the comedian triumph, you know, booyah, there you go, mic drop and everything's great. So... They're saying that the uh, the majority of stuff that comedians are actually posting is a lot of crowd work and is a lot of dealing with hecklers. And because of these heckler videos, there's even compilation of hecklers, you know, um, you know, putting down hecklers and stuff. This whole I've I've spent ages watching YouTube videos because they're they're hell entertaining, and and you kind of get that satisfaction. Yeah, you teach them, you 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 put them in their place. Yes, you tell them not to talk out loud and stuff. So um, exactly like get them, like put them down. Yeah, that's brilliant. And and that's just it. And so. So now the problem and what they're saying, the big problem is it's not just comedians um, changing their sets to be shorter and punchier rather than doing other forms of comedy. Uh, It's a lot of it is the expectation of the crowd. And they're saying that a lot more people are going to comedy. According to this article, they've noticed an uptick of people yelling back, people yelling back at the comedians because They've seen this comedian's 20 videos of them dealing with hecklers and they think this is part of the show, that you're supposed to heckle the comedians and it's kind of giving this idea and and in a way the comedians want you to heckle them because it gives them a chance to show off and, you know, you get that whole comedian come up after and go, hey, did you see? I, I helped you out there. Like I gave you that opening and, you know, you bell and it's like, what the fuck? No, you've ruined my set. But the thing is the comedians are doing it to themselves. They're shooting themselves in the foot. They're killing their own routines and, and some comedians are apparently like they're doing sets that are just predominantly crowd work rather than actual jokes 
like, you know, proper setup, punchline, setup, punchline style. Even the short jokes, they're like, no, that, that's only a small part of it now. It's mostly uh, crowd. And, and they're saying that really, yeah, comedians are shooting themselves in the foot. That's the main point there. So uh, what do you think? Do you think comedians are shooting themselves in the foot with this, uh, with these videos? Well, I think that, uh, first of all, I see that uh, in the last maybe three, four years, five maybe there is this new kind of style of comedy which is actually predominantly crowd work uh, and uh, yeah. one of the local comedians here actually uh, wanted wanted us to make a to come up with a name of this new style of comedy because he refuses to call that stand-up comedy because stand-up comedy <laughs> should be like you know a guy with a microphone yeah. telling i mean a guy a person with a microphone telling pre-written jokes and whatever and this is yeah. more like improv but without the prompts just kind of okay i'll engage you in a conversation and something funny will come out of it so it's yeah. it's kind of a new style or a new you know direction of, of comedy altogether uh, and i see that more and more comedians like andrew schultz or matt rife and so on they're posting exactly those kind of things they're posting crowd work they're not posting their jokes they're not posting mm. their like punchlines or, or whatever they're posting crowd work uh, and this is yeah. because uh, for a lot of people who even those who do attend stand-up but especially those who don't attend stand-up the crowd work bit and the improvised bit is way more valuable than the pre-written joke because i mean yeah. they kind of know and they're right that uh, i can do the, the pre-written joke a hundred times and record a hundred times and i'll post only the one where i got the biggest laugh but all this kind of, of crowd work and banter it's very unique and it's a one-time thing uh, only one time on one show i will talk to this one specific person and we'll talk about this one specific thing that just happened or they commented or whatever so it's that kind mm. of spur of the moment kind of thing that cannot actually be fabricated it's always kind of very spontaneous and unique what? and stuff i mean it can of course and then a comedian is like you can have pre pre-ready put downs and stuff yeah, like of that course, like, you know, of course jimmy carr and i would say like the, the name would be jimmy carring it like jimmy carr because he became famous for his dealing with hecklers and he has some specific ones that are just well known the whole slapping the slapping the dicks out of the person's mouth sort of stuff like that they're all uh, that's that's a very famous one that he's done a million times, and people just love hearing the same one over and over again. But which is kind of rare because normally I think people would be like, "Ah, oh, you've already used that." But you know, that's Jimmy Carr. And the thing is, like, even he uh, has to set aside a moment of his show, but he sets aside a small part. That's the difference. He's still old school comedian. He still does long comedy bits. You know, he does a whole show, and the last ten minutes, he's like, "All right, free for all, let's go." You know, um, but. It, the, the younger ones, apparently, yeah, the, the, the newer ones, they're kind of doing 90% of it just dealing with, like, just doing crowd work and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I see it uh, on some people here on the local scene. I see it on the in, on the internet as well, and that's the part you see as well. So there are yeah. several kind of touring comedians around, people that uh, tour around Europe, and then every city, every show you go to, uh, again, as you mentioned, they have some prepared uh, or kind of pre-practiced bits and responses because if they go like oh is there anyone here from i don't know germany haha -ha, you don't have a sense of humor is there anyone here from france haha -ha, no one likes you is there anyone free here from italy oh what are you doing here shouldn't you be somewhere selling fashion whatever like some i mean i i didn't really think this through so th these are not good punchlines <laughs> but you know what i'm saying like some kind of stereotypical answers to every group of people or whatever to even a part of the world like oh you're from balkans this and that you're from eastern europe this and that you know what i mean yeah so uh and, and then only those clips end up on uh tiktok or or, or instagram they don't 
publish yeah. their their actual jokes they publish that banter and this is what reaches a person you know like a person who's not even has never heard of them or never been to their actual show or whatever matt rife made mm -hmm. a whole career out of that well that and being handsome apparently but you know like that's uh, but that's another thing i think that uh, if you look at some kind of older generation comedians ed Byrne is not a handsome man i mean like maybe he is to someone but i wouldn't say that he's like a conventionally <laughs> handsome gentleman jimmy carr is not a conventionally like pretty boy or something like all those right. kind of yeah. comedians that are now like 40 50 uh that came up like 20 30 years ago not to mention someone like joe wilkinson or whatever like people that are really mm. kind of you know even like bill burr etc etc old louis ck yeah. come on like i mean but but nowadays if you look at these comedians kind of on on uh, these compilation shows like uh netflix ones or whatever yeah they're all kind of good looking both male female whatever gender they identify yeah. as you know they're all like good looking or at least well-groomed people like they're maybe not you know naturally beautiful but you can see that they you know either had some work done or they really take care of themselves and stuff so because they're at the same time they're not only a comedian they are a face face of their brand mm. they are a star they're a celebrity they are influencers yeah. they're all of those things well 20 30 years ago you were a comedian you were a comedian that's it you know we just tell jokes and actually it, it, it kind of benefited to be unattractive if you were an attractive comedian like 20 years ago or 30 years ago or more you know people look at you kind of like what the hell like when I mean, you're trying to because a lot of it was self-deprecating humor and it was a lot of you know like Rodney Dangerfield I can't get no respect you know sort of yeah. thing and and you know it's like I'm the schlub I'm a I'm a I'm just an average guy I'm just like you know I'm not one of these elites you know and you mate you're punching up the whole point was to punch up and but now it's like yeah being photogenic does help it's it's the other way like now you get the followers now then that leads me to the next part then about social media and the internet killing or the algorithm, whatever, killing the comedy star is, or at least the old school's comedy star maybe, is the whole thing of that people who have become popular through YouTube, TikTok, things like they're not stand-up comedians. They they did, you know, little funny videos. They've done, you know, they've, they've attracted a lot of followers and then... After they've got their, you know, thousands, if not millions of followers, they go, I'm going to do stand-up. I'm going to go on stage and I'm going to sell tickets. And they sell tickets, and but they don't actually do stand-up, maybe? Some people would say, or another way to put it, they're shit at it. Um, others would say that they're still raw. But they, the thing is, it's like they're getting up doing it for the first time, but they're got the whole place sold out and people come to the show and I've heard this mixed reactions. Like some people don't care. They just want to see their, you know, their idols, their, their, their fans, whatever, you know, they just like, yeah. And they just go up and, you know, they'll, they'll be happily sitting there. Uh, others find it disappointing that like, you know, the stuff that they do online does not translate to the stage as well. Or they might be like, yeah, that didn't quite work. I don't know. What is your opinion? Have you come across any of these internet made like pre-internet made comedians, like comedians who already have that massive following and they've decided to go into comedy. What is your opinion? Have you heard of this sort of style? Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't seen them live. I know some people that produce shows for such artists. I, I wouldn't call them comedians or, or, or whatever. Let's say content creators, because that's what they really mm. are, actually. They are content creators who do like 97% of like YouTube or whatever. And then once every three months they go on stage because it is a good way of diversifying and, and converting that let's say exposure fan base or 
talent or whatever into something else because you know while when you do yeah, like money. youtube yeah money when you do youtube videos and stuff uh you mostly live off of like sponsorships and whatever but with this mm. even if you charge i don't know 10 euros but you can sell 500 tickets you know do the maths yep. uh obviously like yeah. money goes towards like taxes fees producing everything else but you are at the end of the day you're left with some kind of you know lump sum of of what you've earned uh while while yeah. doing kind of youtube and, and and with all of these kind of uh, social media platforms it's very tricky because sometimes the algorithm doesn't like one word or even if there is some kind of you know uh, song used or the wrong word said or something someone can you know submit it for this like copyright infringement as well and whatever and it can get uh, taken down and stuff so it means you've spent maybe one two three days on uh recording cutting editing this video which then you know gets deleted or something it's not like guaranteed mm -hmm. income but if you set if you choose a room with like 200 400 500 seats and you are like if you have two million views on each of your videos you definitely do like 500 kind of rooms finding people rooms mm -hmm. it's it's kind of doable and there is this example yeah. of uh, <clears throat> uncle roger nigel ung but he was a he was a stand-up comedian before he started he was stand-up comedian then in like covid he started doing this kind of character of old chinese uncle who comments on, uh -huh. on stuff online food preparation mostly like kind of food food uh, videos and that's what yeah. got him kind of super famous uh, around the world and and then he started touring his show where he would do kind of two halves one half as Nigel as his real self just doing stand-up yeah. the other half as Uncle Roger as his character doing stand-up as well but mostly kind of commenting on those things that happened in those videos and you know like bantering with people and stuff like that and uh, yeah. so I would say in his case two things complement each other like his stand-up experience and and uh, his style with his online character and this kind of YouTube videos and content creation and so on but when it comes to just you know some gamer that streams World of Warcraft has like 10 million views on each video and then he says oh I'm gonna go and do stand-up because that can actually convert into some real money off of the, like ticket sales nah I, I don't know i mean it can work maybe this person is also naturally funny and it was supposed to be doing stand-up the whole time like i mean bo burnham started by doing kind of random silly videos in his attic when he was like 14 15 just like kind of goofy little videos and he ended up like you know recording the, yeah. the most kind of critical acclaimed and, and viewed uh, one of the most uh, viewed specials on on netflix that he kind of this uh inside that he recorded and produced all by himself during covid and it was just uh yeah i would say just artistic kind of not even in terms of comedy or or, or stand-up or anything but in terms of art just a masterpiece just a wonderful kind of piece of art so you know yeah. uh, if social media is just a platform to discover that you have something to say that you can reach out to like many people that they would be they will buy what you're selling and stuff and then converting that to, to stage fine but if it's just a cheap kind of cash grab where you know that okay i'll sell 500 tickets and i can come there and talk about whatever no one really cares they just want a selfie with me then you know fuck you dude so yeah. <laughs> but yeah, well, the, the other thing they were mentioning is like, you know, the the backlash, I guess, from from older comedians or, or people who have been doing that whole, you know, slogging it, you know, bit by bit, trying to prove their craft. And then all of a sudden, this person who, let's say it's not even World of Warcraft, like it is comedy related, but, you know, they do funny little videos where they just, you know, 
skits with their fa- friends and family or whatever. And then they do a, a stand-up set. And, of course, because they got those followers, you know, the, the venue gives them a, a prime slot. You know, they give them, like, you know, these prime slots. And this is what the other comedians, like, are getting annoyed at is the fact it's like, and it's not even, and they're like, it's not even that good. Like, as in, it doesn't translate well, but they still get the spot, which it's like, but the rest of us have got material. But it's, the venue's argument, of course, is like, yeah, but you can't put, you can't fill out the whole auditorium. You can't make as much money as this person can. Yeah. And, and you know, I remember hearing of, you know, some organizers basically going, yeah, they're not good. They're not really that good at all. But they still bring the people in. And until people stop coming to their shows. It's like, I'm going to give them a slot sort of stuff. And, you know, I don't know. What do you reckon about that? Because that is, I, I get both sides of the argument because, you know, from the business side of things, you need to fill those seats to stay open for a venue to make money and, and all the rest. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, the, you're kind of diminishing the quality and expectation of what is comedy. So I don't know. I mean, the, the, the thing is that uh, in our reality, and especially in our reality, like how we did comedy for the last like seven, eight, nine years, and how I do now comedy here, and how you will probably soon do comedy where you are now, and so on, and most mm-hmm. of Europe, and, and even like other places as well, uh, stand-up is now done in random kind of bars or, or whatever, like... Uh, theaters or cafes or anywhere basically which means that this kind of art director program manager event manager of this venue decides to you know what they what kind of what they prefer you know do they prefer just people to come in and and, uh, you know fill those seats and sell tickets or they prefer some kind of actual quality events or is it something for randos is something for their audience etc if it was a proper Mm. stand-up club then a proper stand-up club would always book proper stand-up comedians and what would matter was would be stand-up credits like if i say that i've done this festival that festival uh whatever like you know uh this other like stand-up seller stand-up store like all these kind of venues uh if i did especially some tv if i did live at the apollo if i did the letterman back in the day or nowadays like whatever the the what's his name that does the late night show and whatever then those are credits and you can be booked at any stand-up club around the world if it's you know a bar that wants to fill seats he doesn't even care if you're funny or if you're a stand-up or whatever i can say okay it's spoken word it's uh you know slam poetry it's whatever as long as it fills yeah. the seats it's not dedicated it's they don't care if it's funny or not so you know yeah. I, I would say like that's the distinction how to actually fill seats as a purely comedian who is not doing the online thing anymore <coughs> i don't know i mean it's really hard i guess because you can depend on the older generation that's going to use the word of mouth or kind of try to find some reviews or credits or whatever but in like five seven ten yeah. years you won't have those anymore you will really have to depend on the younger generations which now finds things over tiktok over instagram yeah exactly so exactly and that was yeah yeah you have to i think at some point everyone will have to start playing that social media game unless they are already either niche enough or established enough to be above that you know like established enough in the sense that people will come out anyways to see them or niche enough that it's just going to be like i will tell someone or someone 20 years younger than Mm. me will tell someone dude you have to go and see that girl she's hilarious and she's doing stand-up and at the same time she's i don't know juggling toothpicks something it's you 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 (laughs) can't believe it it's great you have to go and see it so unless someone is like that good that people are are going to naturally i mean word of mouth still exists people still talk it's just that you know but but what's happening now it's uh, uh there is a new bar kind of uh 
uh, performance venue actually in a bar in a restaurant that's opened up here in Zagreb a month ago or something and mm-hmm. how do I know this I know this because a person sent me a TikTok video on which another person just a random person not some influencer not some food blogger not some journalist not some anything like tour guide just a random person recorded a video mm-hmm. today I'm going to this new place that's opened up and I will tell you what I think about it okay this is how the menu looks this is the interior uh, what you can get here is some live music some food da, 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 da. so if you're interested in those, those kind of things check out this bar right uh, people yeah. saw that people liked it it reached a person that i know that person sent it to me and said oh maybe we can go to this bar that's how it yeah. reached me so it's word of mouth but digital <laughs> right it's basically yeah, it's digital word of yeah. mouth yeah no it's yeah. V- virtual yeah, by digital of, mouth yeah digital mouth v- v- virtual yeah. vir- virtual di- word of mouth and and that's how i know and i will now go and see this bar so that's why i think it's important to even maybe not yourself post these things but if you are good or interesting enough like maybe someone comes to my show uh, this Sunday next Sunday when is it next Sunday someone comes to my show and and does the same like hey guys I just uh, visited English stand-up in Zagreb I didn't even know this exists so if you speak English and if you would like to bring some foreign friends here or you know just practice your English or whatever drop by this place and then 100 people will randomly drop by next time that I do the show Uh, so not necessarily that it has to be kind of your effort but I think you really have to have that uh, digital kind of footprint uh, anyways, because, you know, how else are people going to know and how else are you going to fill those seats? Like I can decide tomorrow, okay, I'm doing a show in, I don't know, Austin, Texas. But unless that stand-up club is so established that I already have their uh, audience or whatever, how am I going to sell that show? (laughs) You know, so... Well, see, this, this was kind of the argument you were saying before about having those comedy credits um, and you still, you know, that's still good weighted currency. But uh, I was reading somewhere where someone was saying, well, that currency, it's losing its value now. And basically it's more about like what social media presence you have. So the person will now instead, like the, the operator of the venue will be like, yeah, but how many followers do you have? It's like, I performed at Edinburgh. I've done um, this festival and that festival. It's like, yeah, but how many followers do you have? And that like, basically, unless you can back it up with actual followers, um, then you're not given as much weight as someone who does come in. And even if they don't have those credits, they still have like, you know, I've got a million followers. It's like, woohoo, whoop de doo Like, you know, that's, that's, yeah, that's going to bring attention because, you know, of course, once they start doing their promo stuff, it's going to hit. And even if only, you know, uh, 10% of those people live in their nearby vicinity, it's still a lot of people, you know, uh, out of a million followers, you know, 10% is still a lot. So it's, it's that sort of like uh, argument that they're kind of saying it's evolving. But, you know, what you're saying now is like, yeah, it's it's evo- evolution. It's basically survival of the fittest and survival of the fittest requires evolution. You know, we need to evolve into the new thing so we can continue to survive. So maybe that should be the title, like survival of the fittest comedian, evolution of comedy sort of stuff. Because in order to have those currency, though, to have those followers, you need to then post these short clips to post these short clips. You know, the very most popular ways to do crowd work, heckling and dealing with hecklers and doing short little punches bits which means that is then influencing evolving the comedy into such a way to get those followers to get the stage time to get the prime slots that give you the money that give you all the ticket sales and basically it's this sort of well it's cyclical a little bit i suppose and and you know eventually to get those and then you record those bits and then you put them post them back up include and yeah you just do that so i don't know is, is this the way comedy is going is this inevitable do we need to get off our asses and start doing more crowd work and recording and not forgetting to set up that camera do we need to start doing this much more? Do I need to change my YouTube channel into short little punchy 
bits with reels and stories and posting every single day. I mean, I would say we can make a conclusion out of that as well, because I would say, yeah, there are two sides of that coin. One side is like, do we need the, the social media and the internet to actually get people to know about us and to come to the events and to, mm. to sell those seeds and stuff. Yes. I would say yes, because you know, it's kind of Absolutely. up until like whatever sixties or something, uh, there was no stand up on TV. There was stand up, there was comedy, but it wasn't on TV. Then it started being on TV and you had True. to be kind of TV TV ready. You had to learn how to mm -hmm. make those like tight 10 that can be featured yep. on some like Carson or, or Letterman or something like that, right? Yeah. Even even like people are putting their stand up bits on like streaming, I mean, audio streaming platforms like Apple mm -hmm. Music or whatever, like the whole show would be cut into, let's say 10 minute bits and put on like Apple Music where people can listen to it like a podcast or like like a song or whatever mm -hmm. you know like uh, when youtube came people started putting their specials or even their longer kind of 10s 15s 20s on youtube now we have tiktok mm -hmm. and instagram and stuff reels and you have to be able to cut and present those small chunks of your material so I think, yeah, that's just, you know, the and it's not happening only with uh, with stand-up and with comedy. It's happening with everything, you know. You have to be ready to, with yeah. photography, with, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, literature, with any kind of art, you have to be ready to preview it and to demo it online for people to see it, to find it. All the bars, cafes they have, you know, like TikToks, Instagrams, uh, you would, you know, if I want to see this new place that I've heard, that someone men mentioned, I will go to their Instagram and see the interior, see the events, see everything. I won't just kind of spend yeah. 40 minutes of my time to go to the center, walk around, find that place, enter and say, oh, I don't like this vibe. You know, I'll see it on Instagram first. I'll check yeah. it on Instagram first. So that's why you have to be present online and you have to be kind of, uh, people should be able to find you and see uh, some of your kind of what you do. On the other hand, should that be the goal of stand-up comedy? Like, should you do, should you write your show in such a way that it has those like one minute bits that can then be recorded, chopped, titled and posted? Mm. No, I think it should be just a tool, just a support tool to actually, you know, get those bums on those seats. But you shouldn't do stand-up just for the purpose of online clout, you know, just so you have more followers. <laughs> you have, you, I don't think stand-up comedians should be influencers, like digital influencers in such a sense. I mean, I think they should be shaping minds and present ideas and yeah and, like bill cosby really should not be an influencer yeah no. I mean, some comedians definitely <laughs> some comedians shouldn't be allowed online or near people uh but yeah <laughs> you, you know so that's uh, i think as a tool to support what you're doing and to get greater exposure and kind of following great but as a way of just turning stand-up into a digital media where you're just cutting small bits posting that and being like okay i have a hundred thousand likes yeah, but you mm. had like five people at your show, you know what I like. So, uh, yeah. and I think for us, you said like, do do we have to do it, or is it going to be the end of our stand-up careers or or paths mm -hmm. if we don't do it? I think not because what we do is not it's not Igor Monday specific or David Muno specific or anything. It's just. A novelty thing it's like an english comedy in a non-english speaking country and people are going to mm. come out to see that uh, rather than mm -hmm. you know that guy from youtube or that guy from tiktok so yeah. uh in that sense i don't think and i think this trend is also i think it's a trend it's a kind of a fad kind of thing so i think it's going to last for a year two three but then it's going to die 
down a bit and you know like it's it's just something new will show up and you know i don't think it's kind I, of a permanent way of things i think i well i kind of disagree with that I, i'm gonna have to say that i i think uh, unfortunately it's you know someone could say social media was a trend but it's not it just evolved into other forms i think this is also going to be the same thing i don't think it's going to go away like this whole thing of having followers i think is going to be oh i think it's kind of here to stay but i think it will evolve in the sense of yeah like some of these people might come up on stage and they'll either one of two things will happen they either get up a few times and their fans will realize that live this person cannot pull it off they're not actually a stand-up comedian instead they're a uh, content creator as you said and they're better viewed on screen and they'll just won't go to their show so eventually they drop off or those people will find a way of making it palatable to the stage, whether it's straight stand-up or whether they kind of create a new form. But basically it's, once again, survival of the fittest, it's, you know, some of them will make it, some of them won't. People are going to take these slots. And I think it's up to the organisers to kind of mix it up. I think it's it's up to like, you know, um, now that I'm probably going to try to become sort of a, an organiser myself and you are, you know, it's sort of like, okay, we got the person who has a huge following and we have a, a person who I know is really good, but they just don't have that quite the following or whatever. It doesn't matter. I'll put them both on the bill. I'll give them good slots um in what order you choose you might put like the the youtube person first for example or the tiktoker first uh or as in second last and then you put the established comedian at the end to leave everyone on a you know high note of this was hilarious but you know you you might do it that sort of style you know you, you kind of i think it's up to the organizers to mix it up quality with quantity and trying to create a show out of it but i think you know if you're only giving one headline there's only one headline slot and you're giving it to the TikToker who doesn't have any experience, you know, well, that's your gamble. But like you said, it'd be better to give it to the person who's really good and give that TikToker maybe a smaller slot, maybe not a headliner, but a smaller slot, like, you know, tell them to promote it as, you know, me doing stand-up, you know, my first, you know, open mic and being one of the support acts and saying, see how you go with that. Um, on the other hand, I would say then, yeah, give yourself two headliners then and, and put one after the other and, and you decide how you want to do it. But yeah, that sort of thing. But I think it's a, it's an evolution. I think those um, the having followers and things is something that's going to become quite important in future. And it's going to be because we grew up with it. Because when you're young, you post a million and one dumb things. Uh, but eventually you get friends who follow you and things like that. And then once you start performing or doing these videos or even doing stand-up, you know, the, hopefully they'll see it and that'll help. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that as well. I think uh, it's uh, not only in the hands of like comedians or content creators or whatever the audience as well, but also the producers and the organizer, the bookers, because they are the ones deciding who gets to perform on their stage. So a proper mm. stand-up club, I'm sure like the comedy seller or the stand-up store or whatever, you know, comedy store, uh, the, like the proper venues will still prefer proper comedians with proper credits over some like person who has, I don't know, 5 million followers online, but cannot do solid five, like tight five on stage. So uh, no matter how many mm. bombs on seats that brings, it's still, you know, not what they're aiming to achieve with their whole concept and the venue. So yeah, it's still th I think it's going to be in the hands of the producers uh, as well. So yeah, on that note, uh, I think we can wrap this up. The topic, we, we, we still don't have, uh, obviously we still don't have a name for this uh, episode <laughs> because during the episode, we kind of pivoted around 17 times and, and kind of flip-flop between what we're going to call this, but we're going to call yep. it some, something definitely. But you can check out the article uh, 
about this topic and we will link it below as well is social media killing comedy and uh, if you yeah. have any comments or questions or topics you would like to hear us discuss feel free to drop them in a message or a comment or anywhere on one of the platforms you've found us thank you so much for listening i've been Igor monday and i've been david munoz thank you and goodbye good night